0: Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside my co-host, Sam Cardona. Uh, Sam, how are you? Just a two-talent uh, going tonight without Hank. He's at MSG. But first off, how are you feeling after a nice win?
1: I'm feeling amazing. I think that was one of the best primetime games I think we've seen with the Giants for a long time. Um, it was just, it was amazing and it was very exciting. It was a good game is good back and forth. I'm really excited to kind of recap it a little bit tonight with you, but it was great. And it was, it felt really good to still be in
0: the race for the wild card spot for the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, Giants now over a 90% chance to make the playoffs following that win. Uh, and of course, a Washington loss and a Seattle loss as well. Uh, folks, if you want to comment throughout the night or check us out and some of our other content, make sure to follow us on all of our social media below on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. And if you're into sports betting, make sure to go check out our sponsor, BetUS, with our promo code below there at JOIN125. That gives you a 125% sign-up bonus. You can bet anywhere from your mobile device on the go. And that is America's number one favorite sports book as well where the game begins. So our week 15 takeaways, Sam, and we already have comments blowing up one from Hank saying, let's go big blue. Let's go Rangers. Sean Militello saying, what's up? Uh, the G man. Yes. Shout out Sean Militello guest of review preview last night. Sam, I want to get to you here. The, the Giants offense looked formidable on Sunday night. I felt, I thought we it finally clicked in America's head that Daniel Jones might be the long term solution for the Giants. Um zero sacks were given up. And I was just very impressed overall by the performance offensively and defensively. I mean Kayvon Thibodeau is Ugh. an absolute stud.
1: Oh my God. It was that was one of the things too was not only did our offense look good, but I mean that defense held off so many points in this game. It was amazing. Um, And Kayvon looked incredible. Like every single play was just, it was amazing. Um, I think that our constantly, every single week, talking about how protecting Daniel Jones is a key to the game, I think finally is coming to fruition in prime time. We saw that happen. We saw them protecting Daniel Jones um, like you said, only it was only four hits that he had, zero sacks. Amazing that he was actually able to have the time to get the ball down the field and to basically nickel and dime them all the way down and, and score points. And that's like, that's what it is. That's, that's the whole point of this offense, especially right now without a star receiver. That's what's going to work. And obviously, I'm happy that this happened in prime time because now not only Giants fans are seeing it, other people are seeing it too, that like, we've been preaching this for so long about how Daniel Jones is such a good player and the future in the quarterback position for the New York Giants. And no one has even believed us. And I even tweeted out Sunday night, I was like, hello, everybody who's now on the Daniel Jones trains. Welcome. We've been here forever. Like it's, um, it's, I'm happy that people were finally able to like see that, that, that's something that we've been preaching.
0: Absolutely. He has been a gem for us this season um again people will go and say well he didn't attempt a single pass over 15 yards but if you remember the first two games against washington he was sacked four or five times sunday he was sacked zero times and part of the game plan was getting the ball out quick because washington has a good front force you know jonathan allen and deron paint were factors and again it's not because of a potential limitation with jones it's more because a when the pass rush gets to you, the wide receivers have less time to to create separation from these DBs. And with the Giants wide receiver room, it's not good. It takes them longer time to get separation from these defensive backs. So that's why they had to get the ball out quick. I think mm-hmm. Isaiah Hodgins can potentially be a mainstay on this team next year. Sam, did you Absolutely. see that video of him in the locker room post game?
1: I don't um, think I did. I think
0: it was him. I, I, it was Isaiah Hodgins, and Sterling Shepard was doing a little dance or something.
1: Oh, my God. I love that. That yeah, was funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Isaiah Hodgins, too. I mean, like, he didn't have, like, a huge game, but mm-hmm. constant, constant, reliable target. Like, yeah. just always there, always available, and, like, that's someone that we need. Even if he's not the star of the team, it's very, very important on our offense.
0: Andrew Thomas, 35 pass blocking snaps, just one pressure allowed. Very impressed with him. Um, One key takeaway, though, it's a little bit negative. It's clear as day that both Jalen Smith and Darnay Holmes need to be replaced next season. Neither of those guys are going to cut it long term here um, in New York, New Jersey. Uh, I spoke about this in my recap with Hank since he couldn't be on the show this week, Sam, but Washington didn't get robbed. They did not get robbed. Uh, There was – majority of the calls early in the game were against the Giants. Now, people are mad because it was a game-altering play. But, A, where was the illegal hands to the face on Kayvon Thibodeau on the exact same play? Where was the face mask call on Daniel Jones earlier in the game? And where was – the official last year when they called the offsides on Dexter Lawrence on the missed field goal, when he clearly didn't enter the the neutral zone again, <laughs> this is kind of our payback for that. In my
1: right. Opinion. Right. So. I mean, people will be talking about that for at least the rest of the season here. Like, it, yeah. especially when, the, if, and when the giants make the playoffs, like, you know, people are going to make a big stink about that forever. But mm-hmm. we we know, you know, missed calls happen all the time, especially in a game altering setting. I mean, we've seen it happen in the NFC Championship game with the Saints. Um, obviously, they had that missed pass, inter- uh, missed pass interference call too. So, you know, it's it's not something that we can just say like that definitely wasn't pass interference because most likely it was. But there were so many other missed calls that happened in that game. Like the officials just. They just didn't do well at all, especially in prime time. You would expect better from them, but it wasn't a well-called game.
0: Yeah, it was definitely pass interference, but there were a lot of factors in that game more than just that. A uh, quick shout-out to our buddy Gabe Flayton saying, Skull!
1: Hi, shout what's up, Gabe?
0: Hope Gabe, you're feeling better, buddy. Um, we have a Vikings guest tonight joining us. Um, she got to push it back to around 740. Unfortunately, um but we'll be previewing the game before then. She'll be coming on talking about Kirk Cousins, Jeddah, of course, Dalvin Cook, Kevin O'Connell, and that outstanding Vikings eleven win team this season. We're really looking forward to talking about that, and um I'm not happy about playing the Vikings this week, but we got <laughs> but we gotta do it. Um, this is
1: Tom's literal like it's your worst nightmare, two teams that you really, really like.
0: Yeah, but obviously, like, I, you know, I don't like the Vikings that much. It's if, because the Giants have been shitty the last few years, it's if they're out, if you had to make me group for a team, that would be the one. Um, Another key takeaway for me, Sam, I don't know how you felt about this, but over the last three weeks, Kayvon's been the MVP of this defense, and it's clear as day that the pass rush is winning us football games right now. Mm -hmm. Um, People are starting to call... The Giants defense, the Fantastic Four with Dexter, Leo, Aziz, and KT. So Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? I mean, I think drafting Kayvon, it's helped reinstall a winning culture when you have a player like that. Even though the strip sack scoop and score was fancy, his best play of the game was that tackle at the one-yard line on Taylor Heineke. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I love that. And I love having a core defense that – will most likely be sticking around for quite a number of years and that we can rely on um, because, you know, Aziz is young. and Obviously, Kayvon just drafted this year. You know, these guys aren't someone that's going to be heading out, you know, next year or in the next couple of years. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I, I'd love to have a strong defense. You know, people say defense wins championships. So, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that. So to have someone like him, and he's so passionate about so many things he loves this team a lot and he's you know this this guy that you know we've been talking about trying to get this star wide receiver but when we can perform without one and we have a star on the defense instead like I'll take that I love that and I think that he's boosting the confidence of the other guys um, and he's doing a great great job and I believe he's an alternate in the in the pro bowl this year which is very impressive as a rookie so it's fourth uh, alternate yeah. yeah you know it's it's but still like it's it's really it's really impressive feat to get voted uh, into the pro bowl so i'm i'm happy with that
0: quick comment from our buddy Tudo saying what's up massive yep, salutes and respects to big boss tommy and giants crowd <laughs> favorite sam merry christmas happy holidays and god bless everyone from italy thanks Appreciate Tudo. Appreciate you, Tudo. And Sam, before we get to our Player of the Week, uh, you had some tea for us this past week. And obviously, there was a different look on the sideline for the Giants Sunday night. And it starts with the man running the show and head coach, Brian Dable. And apparently, you're not a fan of this.
1: No, no, and we had a conversation about this earlier this week. It's not the goatee in general because it works for Tom, but I don't think it works for coach Dable here. Um it's, you know, he has a rounder face obviously. Um I I would dig a beard. I would dig a full beard um especially, you know, not having the hair on top, you know, he could bring the hair down facial hair, but it just I, I am not a fan of it, but if it's winning us games, if it's like that one weird magical aspect to this team that's gonna help us win games, I'll deal with it. But I, it's it's I don't know. I don't like it at all.
0: <laughs> you know, this was his primary look in Buffalo.
1: I know, I know. And I thought when he came here, he had like the beard go, and I was like, all right, I'm digging it. And then he shaved, and I was like, oh no. And what
0: he used to do was the chin strap would go as well it would be just that part yeah the chin strap will be gone yeah. so yeah imagine that i think that might look worse
1: yeah probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably.
0: but again i'm yeah. i won't i won't say anything if no. it's
1: gonna be this weird jinx of ours but uh personally not the biggest fan of the goatee
0: look sam it's not common anymore every time somebody comes up to me they're like oh nice mustache like they don't see people with <laughs> mustaches anymore it's not common i think doesn't Michael have one too? He has a mustache, right?
1: My yeah, no, he has a full beard. Yeah. He has a full beard. So and and he's had that now. He I haven't seen him clean shaven probably like four years. Wow. Five years. So it's I'm used to facial hair. I'm a fan of facial hair, but just Coach Dable might need to just grow out the <laughs> sides a little bit.
0: Um let's get into our New York Giants player of the week now that we've moved on from uh Brian Dable. Uh <laughs> Sam, our week 15 player of the week. This is this man's third time getting this award in the past four weeks. Yeah. Absolutely astronomical player. I'll go out on a limb and say he he might be the best player on the defense next year. I'm going to still give it to Dexter for this year because he's been outstanding, but Kayvon Thibodeau and what a picture selection, Sam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there when I made that graphic. Um, it's uh, it was very obvious that when he did that, I was I was in love. I love that. So um, obviously, Kayvon. We've been talking about him since we started the show. You know, Kayvon has twelve tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. A quarterback hurry and a touchdown, which again was a very, very impressive play of his. Um, He's the only edge defender with 80 80 plus pass rush and a run defense grade in week 15, which is really amazing. Um, He was named NFC Defensive Player of the Week this week, which is amazing. We're so happy for him for that. Um, He's played uh, 79% of the defensive snaps, um, and he's the only rookie since 2000 with 10 tackles. Um, a sack and a defensive touchdown in one game. Strip sack was 2.5 seconds tied for the 13th quickest sack in the NFL this year. Um, That was, that was just so, so impressive. It was, he went so fast. Um, Defensive pass rush, 3.84 yards to average separation from a quarterback, only edge defender. Oh, I already said that part and two games um, versus Washington. 17 tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble, one forced uh, fumble recovery, and a touchdown. So obviously, the past next couple of years, versing Washington, I think they're going to be pretty afraid of Kayvon Thibodeau um, going into that rivalry.
0: And another fun fact, he is the first Giants rookie to win NFC Defensive Player of the Week since Devon Kennard in 2014 yeah uh, little fun fact, who went to my first cousin's high school out in Arizona? really fun fact about the von canard yep my uh yeah my mom's brother's family lives in Phoenix, so little, that? little, little small world right there, um, desert Vista high School, so now that we move on from that, Sam, we have some dirty laundry to air out and Ooh, yeah Tay, Tay Crowder was finally freed, well not really. Um, he was freed from the active roster. He now gets to retool <laughs> himself on the Giants' practice squad. Uh, yeah. What did you think of this move when it came out?
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it briefly. It, there's obviously talent, um, such as Landon Collins, which was more beneficial to us to have mm-hmm. on the active roster. Um, Tate Crowder is not a bad player for us. You know, he was our Mister Irrelevant um, two years ago in the draft. or three years ago, Um, he's done what he needs to do. But obviously, you know, having Landon on the active roster is better for us. Um, So I think it makes sense. Um, I don't really appreciate the fact that he had to tweet out free me and then he (laughs) puts on the practice squad. I think that's hilarious.
0: Yeah. uh, Crowder was the 255th overall pick and final selection in the 2020 draft started 31 games and three years for the giants this year. He started the first eight games, but eventually got replaced by Mike and McFadden and Sam. Mm-hmm. Remember the interview we did with license plate guy. We yeah. were saying it's starting to swing in the rookies favor. And it yeah. is um, McFadden reminds me of uh, this might sound crazy. A younger version of Blake Martinez. Okay. Um, I, he's very good at run stopping, but he, he has to improve some dynamics of his game. Um, but the bottom line here is that nobody's bigger than the giants. Right. Uh, that was the bottom line with Tay Cratter. He definitely exceeded expectations for where he was picked, but again, who knows maybe the giants will call him back up for the playoffs, but Landon Collins takes his spot though. Sam, how happy are you for Landon to be back on the giants roster as a linebacker
1: yeah yeah and and that's a that's a spot that we obviously um were lacking a bit in especially after you know we had to lose Blake in the offseason um but I I'm happy you know he's familiar with this team you know I know it's been ever-changing since he hasn't been here but you know I'd rather have someone who's a little bit familiar with the team than nobody at all. Um, I think that he's going to be great and he's proved himself these past couple of weeks after we've brought him on. So, you know, I think that he can improve this defense and, you know, it's already getting really strong as it is. And I think it's just another puzzle piece to add in there that can just make this defense even tighter, even better than it already is.
0: Absolutely. And I think he had a really good game on Sunday night, playing in a season high 27 snaps against Washington um, other moves this week for the Giants, they worked out former Rams running back Terrell Henderson on Tuesday per Art Stapleton, along with uh, rookie out of Baylor, Abram Smith and Nate McCrary. Also, Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence have been selected to the 2023 Pro Bowl. Congratulations, Saquon and Dexter. Yeah. Um, Barkley is second Pro Bowl. Dexter Lawrence, the first interior defensive lineman to make it for the Giants since 1990. What do you think of that?
1: Just goes to show, just goes to show how impressive Dexter Lawrence has been this year. That, you know, you, know, you always see these flashy guys, the, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, making the Pro Bowl. But, like, it's really so much more special for some of these other guys, like an inside defensive lineman to make the Pro Bowl because it's like, that's how good he is. That's how good and how effective he's been on the defense. So for us, so that's I'm very impressed and I'm really happy for both of them.
0: Couple comments. Um, Tudo says, Tommy. Do I recall my recommendations on last week regarding the Giants' match against Skins? Things to do list to win. Giants must repeat same mentality to win against the Minions. <laughs> yeah. Uh Tuto was very bold about that last week, Deanna Karen saying hello. Hi Deanna. Hi, friends. And uh Deanna is a big Giants fan as well. Why can't I unpin her comment? There we go. Um <laughs> oh she she bought me coffee on uh Duncan Monday <laughs> the Giants won.
1: What a good girlfriend.
0: Yeah, you know, um so little. Oh. Fun fact about there. We, we got we a little <laughs> laugh out of her. That's probably all we'll get. But um Graham Gano, second team alternate. Andrew Thomas, third team alternate. Sam, I, I don't know if I agree with this. Um yeah. I, I thought he should have been at least a first team alternate for the Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah. I mean, Andrew Thomas has been one of the solid left sides of the line for I mean, and we've been talking about him for weeks in his entire season talking about how much if he wasn't there, Saquon Barkley would not be able to perform and be a pro bowler right now. Like that is, that's something that should definitely have correlated there. Um, I agree. I don't fully uh, agree with that decision, but you know, for him to be in there at all, I mean, I'm happy. It's not like he got snubbed, but still, I think that he, he is so, so impressive. And again, Saquon Barkley wouldn't be able to do the things that he's doing without him there.
0: It's tough. You know, the NFC has a lot of good tackles. I mean, Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Mm -hmm. Mike McGlinch. I mean, there's a lot of good tackles in the NFC. It's not like he got ousted by like high schoolers or amateurs. You know, I I feel like that's what some Giants fans are making this out to be. That's not the case. Um, Thomas has struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh, until this past weekend, but the team we're going to be playing, Sam, on Saturday at 1 p.m. on Christmas Eve. That's why we have a little holiday, Christmas theme show, or whatever you want to call it, whatever you may celebrate. <laughs> um, the Vikings had five Pro Bowlers. Kurt Cousins makes his fourth Pro Bowl. Justin Jefferson, third in three opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Zadarius Smith with his third. TJ Hawkinson with his second. And long snapper Andrew DePalo with his first. Um, So, yeah, Minnesota's a really good team. And, Sam, I'm hearing the Vikings will be iced out for this Christmas Eve matchup. They'll be wearing their all-white uniforms. And I think LPG posted this. It's supposed to be negative one degrees in Minnesota.
1: Oh, my God. I can't even imagine – Being in the stands at negative one degrees. I, it was even when we, when we were at the Giants game, was that like a week or two ago? Uh, that one that Hank and I had both attended, it was wet and rainy. I think it was like maybe like 30 degrees and I was freezing. I mean, it was also wet and raining, but I was like, Oh my God. It's negative. My thing just went out, but, um, negative one degrees is insane.
0: It is. It is very insane. Um, Gabe says Harrison Smith got snubbed. I second that. Um, I love Harrison Smith. Where does he have five interceptions this past year? Gabe, for me, and I'm sure you agree with this uh, as an analytical uh, person, the all pros matter more than the Pro Bowls. I mean, Sam, let's be real. Isn't the Pro Bowl, it's just a popularity contest, right? The all pros, to me, carry more weight
1: absolutely i mean the pro bowl yeah. for many many years was this touch you know football game that was like barely anything um they're trying to make it a little bit more impressive now and or trying to make it more fun with the different types of skills and whatever and it's fun to watch but uh yeah all pro is is definitely something that's more impressive to me and uh the pro bowl has really lost a lot of its um it's uh it was, meaning yeah. behind it. I mean, it's still impressive to get selected for a pro bowl nonetheless, mm-hmm. but you're right. Popularity contest. A lot of times, I mean the fact Justin Jefferson's on his third pro bowl in his third year in the NFL, like he's just because he's that good also. He and like everybody it. loves yeah. him. Um, but yeah, it's also like he's that guy and that's the guy you want to yeah. see in the pro bowl. You know, you're not going to watch it for some random person who just had a good year or something like that, you know? Yeah.
0: That's a good point. I forget the Vikings play indoors now with the uh, U.S. Bank. Uh, is the, Gabe, you would know it's a retractable roof. No, I, I can't remember. But Oh, they play uh, inside? I don't think I realized that. I, I thought they played outdoors. I, it, it has to be a retractable roof. Tommy Collins, very mature and experienced, but he's super slow feet. Yeah, he's not good in pass coverage. Uh, Coach Wink should utilize him behind interior linemen to close the gaps and avoid any surprise runs. He is a tackler, and that's the problem. Our linebackers can't tackle in the run game. That's why we're so bad. It's not our defensive line that's the problem. It's our linebackers, and Gabe confirms that it is retractable.
1: Yeah. So I guess they do play outside sometimes, and I hope they close it this weekend.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll see. Football is – in my opinion, again, I'm a little old school, but an outdoor game. I'd rather freeze my butt off, not retractable. Oh, oh. okay.
1: Wow, so it's just a dome. it's just a dome, where it's like an inside, like a stadium.
0: But back to the series. The Vikings have had the Giants' number. They lead the all time series 17 to 12. They've won the last three meetings. Two of those victories came in playoff games, actually, um, or two victories of the 17 came in playoff games, I should say. The Vikings won the last meeting 28 to 10 at MetLife back in 2019. The Giants have not beaten the Vikings since. 2013 they won 23 to 7 that was the game where the vikings randomly started josh freeman gabe you'll remember this if you're watching and he gave the giants their first win of the season but that game was technically um i'm trying to remember yeah the giants were winless in that game and the giants have not won in minnesota since 2004 technically because remember The 2010 road win had to be played on a Monday night in Detroit because a snowstorm damaged the roof of the Metro Dome.
1: Is Detroit like the like generic like neutral zone? Like that's where the where the bills just were, too. I mean, like, I guess that's like the middle of the country enough. But isn't it more towards the east?
0: Yeah. Interesting. Shout out Mike DeSanto, uh, co-host of Four Corners, our wrestling podcast Mondays at 7 p.m. here on Ravion Preview Sports Network, same network that we air on, Big Blue Avenue. Uh, yep, built where the Metro Dome was. They replaced the Metro Dome. Gabe says, I wish they played outside. Gabe, is definitely agree with you there. Kayvon is going to wreck Captain Kirk. Oh, God, I hope so. Oh, yeah. I hope so. And Kirk Cousins needs a lot of time to decide. That's why they run a lot of play actions, and they have two bookend tackles and Christian Darasaw and Brian O'Neill. They're both young. They're going to have their hands full with Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a more fierce pass rush than anybody on the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we saw, I mean, obviously, the the, the Vikings just had that one of the most amazing football games of all time, possibly, this past weekend. But we saw the beginning, they were struggling hard. I mean, Kirk Cousins basically sacked himself in the beginning of that game. So, like... You know, and the joke is, you know, you know, like the 1 p.m. Kirk, that, like, primetime Kirk doesn't play well, but 1 Danny p.m. Jones Kirk. Daniel Jones gets
0: the same thing.
1: Right, and now, well, that's finally good that that's no longer, well, not, you know, we got to win a few more primetime games, but, you know, Kirk Cousins is, like, this 1 p.m. master. But obviously, you know, that he has his weak spots, and there's, there's the times within some of his play that, yes, he has a lot of weapons and a lot of amazing, you know, pieces of this team, but if he can't get the ball down the field, then can't get the ball down the field you can't score points that way so we'll see
0: um yeah Kirk cousins is very good at getting the ball out quick um i like Kirk cousins a lot i think right now he's a top 10 quarterback in this league obviously towards the back end of that um but yeah he's very good getting the ball out to his receivers i mean we saw that on saturday but hank has a little fun fact for us before um we kind of break down this game did you know when the Giants traded for Fran Tarkenton? The Vikings used one of their first round picks on Ron Yari, who became one of the pillars of a strong Vikings offensive line during their 1970 Super Bowl runs. And that's part of the reason why I've never disliked the Vikings, just because of the history there with Fran Tarkenton, played for both the Giants and the Vikings. So, mm-hmm. and again, growing up, my grandfather's a big Fran Tarkenton fan, and we always had that discussion. Was he better on the Giants or was he better on the Vikings? So it was always a uh, theory for discussion. And in this game, we have a battle of two rookie head coaches. We have Brian Dable against Kevin O'Connell. In my opinion, the two best uh, coaching hires right now. I think Mike McDaniel's a close third. Mm-hmm. Um, you no,
1: know, I love this. I love this yeah. storyline. I love the fact that. We actually get to see also just the minds of two rookie head coaches going head to head because I think that's really interesting. Um, Two teams that have obviously shown out incredibly this year, and a lot of people really weren't expecting it. Like, I know I wasn't, I knew that the Vikings were going to be semi good, but I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they are now. Um, same with the Giants, obviously. So I love this storyline. Um, I'm really excited to watch them go head-to-head. And these are the two guys that I think are going to be competing for, for Coach of the Year at at the end uh, before the Super Bowl.
0: It's possible. I mean, unfortunately, the Jets have fallen off a little bit, so I think that puts Salah out of it. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins are already good, so I don't know if I'd consider Mike McDaniel. It could be Dable or O'Connell. It definitely could be one of those two guys. And did you know, Sam? Hmm. that Brian Dable worked out Kevin O'Connell back in 2008. O'Connell was a young rookie prospect heading into the NFL draft. Brian Dable was the quarterback's coach of the New York Jets at the time.
1: Brett Favre
0: had just left. (laughs) And Dable flew out to San Diego to work out Kevin O'Connell.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. I love that history even more now because – you know, maybe Dable knows what he may or may not do based off of what he was as a player. Yeah.
0: Giants open up as four-point road underdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants, and Sam, one thing we always talk about the Giants is their red zone efficiency this year, how much it's improved. The Giants are now eighth in NFL red zone efficiency, scoring touchdowns at a 63.5% rate.
1: Yeah, I I love that stat because I compared it to last year, and last yep. year uh, we were in dead last.
0: Yeah.
1: Dead last. And we tried bringing in – you know, we brought in Kyle Rudolph, somebody who is in the you know, red zone tight end that I thought was just going to be, like, banging out those touchdowns left and right, and that just didn't happen. Um, obviously, we've brought parts of our team to make us better, but I just think that with all the parts that we have brought in – our red zone efficiency to, to jump from last place up to in the top 10. Like that's, I, I love that for us. And I love that there's, there's numbers that are proving how well we're improving um, on the, on the side of the field where the points are going to matter on the right. point of the side where we're, that was our whole thing. We were getting down the field. And we just couldn't get the points last year. Like that was one of our biggest issues. So the fact that now we're finally making it down the field and getting six, seven points on the board, even three points on the board when it needs to happen, that's, what's helping us win games. And I just, I love that stat so much. When I saw that on the script, I was like, I, you know, I texted you and I was like, we have to talk about this. Cause it's one of the biggest things that's really helping us win.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, Did you know that even though the Vikings have 11 wins this year, 10 of their games have come within one possession. So the Vikings, similar to the Giants, have done a good job at winning those Mm -hmm. close games and gutting them out. And it's hard for Minnesota sometimes because they'll have these leads, but the Vikings are the second worst team in the NFL in passing yards allowed. They're last in uh, total yards allowed per game, and they're 28th in the league with 25 points per game allowed. So they heavily rely on their offense. They score a lot of points. Their front seven is above average in my opinion, but their secondary is depleted. Uh, You know, they have injuries and I think that's where Mm -hmm. the giants can get them. Like the game plan this week, Sam could be get the ball down the field to Darius Slayton, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Bellinger. That could be the game plan. We, we could see Jones throw the ball 40 times potentially.
1: Yeah, which honestly he can. And we've seen him do it in this past week uh, not 40 times, but like, you know, we have seen him him getting the ball down the field is very good as long as he's not turning it over and he's not. He hasn't been turning the ball over at least not as much as last year. So, I'm I'm very excited to see how this game ends up playing out.
0: Yeah, Gabe says Vikings must have the best red zone D. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that stat is, if the Vikings are amongst the top in that category, but I know they give up a lot of yards down the football field. Um, Larry Johnson saying, what's up, Larry? Uh, Frequent commenter for us. What is up tonight? Sam, Tom, how are y'all doing? Garth. What's up, Garth? Thank you. Garth is the co-host of Puckin' Around, our hockey podcast. And... Tudo says red zone efficiency has to do with quarterback and o-line's coach coordination being on the same page.
1: That's completely right. As completely a rugby
0: right. player, Tudo very knowledgeable about the the trenches up front. Absolutely. Mike with a comment. Yeah, he's right. The progressions have improved. Did you see that 97-yard drive last week, Sam? Oh. I've never seen anything like it.
1: It was beautiful. It was beautiful. We looked like a real football team, and like yeah. that's what we've been trying to get to—to to like people who respect us as even, you know, a, a team that's even a, over five hundred at the end of the season, which is something that's going to happen for us. Like that's the, like we can do that, and yeah. it's it's amazing that how much Daniel Jones has improved with this coaching staff. It's it's inc- it's incredible.
0: Yeah, and he's earned himself another contract, whether it's long term, yeah. short term, whatever it might be um you can't throw a dart at the nfl draft their free agency and say this guy's going to be better than daniel jones not at this point no Um, definitely not And our statistician brian mccardle always coming in clutch Mm -hmm. he's very quiet watcher he'll throw in one or two comments (laughs) a show and here it is (laughs) thank you brian 16th best red zone defense
1: denver number one
0: yeah interesting Denver's defense has definitely not been their problem this year. Unfortunately, their <laughs> offense has been the other way around, Brian. Broncos
1: country, let's ride.
0: But I will say, Sam, the Vikings are coming off a historic win on Saturday. They trailed 33 nothing at halftime to Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts, only to win 39-36 to in OT, Clinching their first NFC North title since 2017, Kirk Cousins had four touchdown passes and a 64-yard touchdown pass to Dalvin Cook that tied the game at 36. Then Minnesota had to go for two and made it. Cousins sacked seven times. He was struggling. Did you get to catch any of this game? Because I'll be honest, I caught none of it, not a single minute. And that was not planned. It
1: it was unfortunate that this, out of all the games that I didn't get to watch – this past weekend, that was one of them, and people were telling me it was one of the best games of the season. Um, I tried to watch a little bit of the highlights, but you know, the fact that they were able to come back in that overtime, and it was so close. I mean, poor, poor Matt Ryan, struggling so much <laughs> with these comebacks. You know, being up 33 points, you'd think that that's an automatic win. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to watch a lot of this game and I, it's, it'll be a regret of my 2022 NFL season because it, I mean, that's the second game that the Vikings have had an amazing game. The, the one against the bills had me literally screaming and jumping at the edge of my seat because of how well they were able to come back and, and perform. So we got to get out the, you know, we'll get to the keys of the game, but coming out on top first is something really important for us to do with the Vikings.
0: I agree with that. It's going to be a very, very tough matchup. Um, we do have our guest backstage bring her up in just one minute. Um, they won't be in position to pick another quarterback. Time to buy in on Danny. And
1: That's correct, me,
0: who said they'd make the playoffs? I did. Last year, <laughs> on the day of the Super Bowl, my yeah. ass. As you can see, I'm wearing this Giants coat right now, but my ass was the one that decided to say, the Vikings are going to the playoffs and going to win the NFC North. So, folks, for the first time ever on Big Blue Avenue, I'm going to skull for that <laughs> because I'm going to give myself a shout-out. Um, As
1: you should. As you should. That was back in February we were able to say that.
0: But, I mean, 518 yards of total offense. The Vikings are outstanding. They outscored the Colts 22 to nothing in the fourth quarter. They were so great. So um, good. I'm excited we got uh, Meeting up with Dalvin Tomlinson again That should be fun Totally, Ryan Connolly I know he's on the practice Squad but he's a former Giant as well And uh, one last Thing here the Giants have three playoff Clinching scenarios this week a win Plus a Lions loss and a Washington Loss a win plus a Lions And Seahawks loss and a win Plus a Washington and Seattle loss I don't think any of those are happening but I'm, I am I am hopeful that uh, maybe Washington and Seattle both lose, Sam. I think that's probably the most likely one. And maybe we, somehow, some way, if we squeak out a win, that's yeah. the most likely way for it to happen.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely, you know, we'd love to win, but it might come to relying on a couple of losses.
0: Absolutely. But – at this time, we'd like to introduce our guest for the evening. It is Sally of the Believe in Vikings show. And here she is. Sally, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing?
2: Hi, guys. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Got to show off the NFC North shirt. Okay. I thought I'd have <laughs> a little more room. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you.
0: Nice to meet you, too. Um Thank you so much for answering my 11th hour message (laughs) the other night. I was um, watching one of your shows. Now, I know you do a show with former Vikings, uh, Bryant McKinney, the left tackle.
2: I do. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. The big guy.
0: So can you plug your content and where people can find you that and then your other podcast as well?
2: Sure. Uh, So Believe in Vikings, uh, which is B-L-E-A-V. Um, because it's on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. They selected that name before I came along. So I, it's not my faith, but, uh, <laughs> so we do that with Brian McKinney. And thankfully, because of, um, who he is and the social butterfly that he is, he gets tons of great guests. So we've had, uh, we have some really awesome guests a lot of the time. Um, I've gotten to meet Randy Moss through that, Nate Burleson, Jared Allen, um, awesome guys. And then I have another podcast called Sports in the City, which is a little more lifestyle-based, and I do that on the local sports network here, um, KFAN. So, But full disclosure, I didn't have that podcast this week, and that's the one I do a ton of prep for, so I'm not as prepped as normal, so bear with me <laughs> <Totally> <laughs> if I fine. mess something up because I didn't have time today.
0: No problem. I mean, we have a decent amount of questions for you actually one of my one of our good friends is a vikings fan from new york oh um, okay and he's, he's watching right now so oh. there is another one of these in, in here um, what's his name gabe flayton
2: hey, hey gabe, gabe. Yeah. Uh,
0: come hang out why
2: isn't he coming to the game what a fraud yeah
0: here he is hi sally vikings fan here in the comments um yeah he uh he's a big vikings fan i think gabe's dad is from minnesota I think that
1: I believe, yeah. I think
0: that's right.
2: Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. When I was at the game last week, I heard you guys talk about it a little bit. So I'm still kind of emotionally recovering from that as well. So, bear with me, but it'll be fun.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of that game, I'll just throw you right on the spot, Sally. Where do you rank last week's come from behind win in Vikings history?
2: Well, this our season has kind of been uh, marked by come-from-behind wins this entire year. Obviously, this was a whole other level. I heard you mention the Bills game right before Mm -hmm. um, I came on here, and I didn't think that anything would ever top that. And then just, what, a few (laughs) few weeks later, um, a month later, here we are. Um, In history, I mean, gosh, I think that this is, I mean, it's the one that is really sticking out for me. Usually the Vikings have a history of it going the other way, like the other team having a huge comeback um, after they get off to a big lead, just like the Minneapolis Miracle game. Or mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a ton I'm not thinking of. So this this is definitely uh, at the top of the list for me for comebacks.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm I'm like my my secondary team is the Bills, so that was one <laughs> of the hardest games for me to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was tough, but the Vikings have really been impressive this year and part of the reason for that is justin jefferson and justin jefferson is just an amazing talent and that will probably become a hall of famer one year um but what do you think it is about justin jefferson that makes it so hard for these defensive guys to cover him like what is it about him that just he's just so electric
2: I mean, I think it's just his ability to run routes, to constantly, you know, make quick moves that throw the defenders off. And I mean, look at his hands. I mean, you guys remember the Buffalo game, that insane catch. He, I mean, there's, I don't know. I mean, he just has the intangibles that I think no one even expected him to have. I mean, you know, he was like more of a slot receiver in college and I, no one knew that he was going to be this deep threat that he has become. But he just seems like he's constantly improving week after week.
0: Folks, since we are live, if you have any questions for Sally, make sure to comment in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan. And actually, the Vikings fan has a question for you,
1: Gabe.
2: Hey, Gabe.
0: How important was the crowd in the comeback? I thought the stadium would have emptied out at halftime.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah, so, um, I was one of those that kind of wanted to leave, to be honest with you. Uh, I host a tailgate, and um our tailgating is pretty amateur compared to what the rest of the league has for the most part. Unfortunately, we have very, very limited space. Um, so we have rules like we're not allowed to leave our stuff up. But I left all of our stuff up because I'm like, well, we're gonna have to celebrate so everyone can f off. So I had like, and It was really windy. So I'm like, okay, we're getting our ass kicked and my tent's going to blow away and ruin everyone's cars and all that. So I really didn't want to stay, but my friends kept ignoring me when I would say that. And about 20% of the people did leave. I, I'm i surprised that it was that low. But because of that, I mean, I ran into some gals in the bathroom and they were like, hey, we're leaving. He can move up to the 10th row. You can have our seats. So, but the, I mean, honestly, I could not believe how in it the the fans stayed, at least in my section. They were standing up after the second, when the second half started, everyone was yelling the whole time. And I just, I really couldn't believe it because I certainly thought they had no chance.
0: Yeah. And part of the reason for their comeback, at least I think, again, I, I was working, so I didn't get to watch the game, unfortunately, but Uh, Kirk Cousins had four touchdown passes all in that second half, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, new offense this year under Wes Phillips and, you know, Chris O'Hara. How do you evaluate him through the first 15 weeks of the season?
2: Well, um, I have never been a Kirk Cousins fan. When they decided to extend him in February, I Thought about jumping off the roof at U.S. Bank Stadium. (laughs) Don't like the guy. Uh, Never have. I just didn't. I felt like they were trying to do this half rebuild, half not. They were calling it a soft rebuild. And I just didn't understand it. And wow, have I had to eat my words this entire season, I'm apologizing to him every week. And (laughs) I, I was wrong. He has been so much more confident this year. And I think it's the intangible things. It it is that confidence because he went from having a head coach in Mike Zimmer, who would say for eight years, I'm hands off the offense. I want nothing to do with it. But then he would get up at the podium and say, well, this is a run first team. Run first, run first, run first. So he said he didn't want control, but then he ultimately had control. You know. So I think now he knows that he's playing for coaches and teammates who really trust him and they're giving him confidence and in turn he's giving them confidence and i think those are the intangible things that have really taken his game to the next level a critique of his is that he he can't he can't come back from adversity he's a big personal stats guy it's things like he can't go off script that's been the constant critiques of him throughout his career and i think this season proves that that's not the case
1: Definitely. Definitely. And I mean
2: that pick that he threw in the second half that was in the red zone in the past, I feel like he would have shut down from that completely. And he just shrugged it off and next drive was great.
1: Yeah, totally. And Kirk Cousins is somebody that I've I've definitely had like my ups and downs feelings about Kirk Cousins. Like sometimes he looks amazing. Sometimes he's like, you know, the whole 1 p.m. primetime Kirk Cousins debate <laughs> with, you know, he can't perform in primetime, whatever. So 1 p.m. Kirk's coming out this weekend. Um, but I think something that's really important, and it's the same for the Giants as well, is that if the offensive line is good, then the quarterback is going to be better. So Christian Darrisaw and Brian O'Neill are, are two guys that are, that are really strong. Who, how do you think that they have affected Kirk Cousins' performance, at least this year specifically?
2: Well, Christian Darrisaw was here last year, but he was not healthy. So mm-hmm. it was really up in the air of is he going to be as big of a fix as everyone has been saying that he is? Because much like the Giants, this has been a struggle for the Vikings for almost as long as I can remember. And until this season, their M.O. was that they were just going to shuffle the guys around at the line. Like, sometimes you'd play tackle. Sometimes you sometimes even the center would play guard sometimes. They were always mixing it And there was just no consistency ever. And I think this is the first season, despite the injuries that they have had a a few weeks here and there, they actually have a stable unit for the most part. And Christian Derisaw has been playing phenomenally.
0: I'm happy to see that because I I like both of those players, but it is unfortunate. I know Garrett Bradbury got in a car crash Saturday Mm -hmm. night and he's out for Saturday's game. I mean, who do you think steps up in his place?
2: Well, um, oh my gosh, the man's name is escaping me right now. It starts with an S. Yes, yes. Uh, he played decently last time that he had to play. I mean, whenever you have a backup coming in, it puts more pressure on the guys around him, obviously, uh, to step up. I don't know a ton about um, the Giants' pass rush. You guys will have to fill me in on that. But I think that's a, a big benefit of having TJ Hawkinson now is that that um, helps Kirk's ability to get the ball out faster because there's less guys to cover TJ now with, you know, you've got at least two or three on JJ at all times. It gives him um, more options to get a ball out quick.
0: Definitely Another comment here from Gabe quick Ed Ingram. Can he stop tripping Kirk cousins? If not, can we bring back drew Samia? <laughs>
2: You don't really want Drew Samiya, really. I forget where he's <laughs> no. playing, but he's doing pretty well, I think. I mean, better than he was.
0: I couldn't tell you where he is what? now. That's how irrelevant he was on. This <laughs> <solo>.
2: <laughs> I know he's is playing somewhere because uh maybe it's the Jets or something. He's he's definitely playing somewhere. And like most guys that were in the Vikings offense over the in the Mike Zimmer Zimmer regime, they play better when they get to um other okay, I should have known Gabe. I'm sorry, they <laughs> they play it caught me off guard. I'm just getting to know you. Uh, <laughs> they play better when they get to other places because they are not so restricted in what they can do and they're not scared all the time that something's gonna happen.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna ad lib some some questions off our of our script for a second. But you mentioned T.J. Hawkinson. Um, and a couple of weeks ago we played the Lions, so we had Lions player uh, Lions um fans on, and uh you know we asked them how they felt about losing T.J. Hawkinson. How How did you feel when you found out that you received T.J. Hawkinson from you know a rival like the Detroit Lions?
2: Well, it I mean my first instinct. What I mean, I was shocked for, for one, um, right. but at first I was like, oh gosh, I traded with Detroit again, because in the draft, uh the Vikings had the 12th pick, but they traded that to Detroit and moved back. And so at this point, Detroit has several Minnesota Vikings picks going forward. And in my opinion, Detroit is trending up. Um, so we'll see how that plays out in years to come. But for now, I mean, there has been um, an issue finding consistency at tight end for the Vikings for a number of years. They drafted Irv Smith, gosh, at least five years ago, and it just hasn't worked out. He can't stay healthy. And so that was a position of need. And so I really like to see them go out after a big name like TJ when they're in the situation that they are, where they pretty much had the North. They're on their way to winning the division at that point. So I I I thought it was a bold move, and so far I like it (laughs) because he does draw so much coverage. I mean, you can't cover him, JJ, Adam, all of them at the same time. Somebody's pretty much always going to be open. Yeah.
0: Somebody mentioned Osborne. I think it was Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to
2: disrespect Osborne by any means. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, um, I I think another thing I wanted to ask you, too, was defensively, you know, a lot of additions this offseason, Jordan Hicks, uh, mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith and um, Harrison Phillips from the Buffalo Bills. Those three guys, um, they've done a good job, I think, helping the front seven, as I know, the back end of, of the defense is definitely a concern for me, at least. But talk about those three players. Um I think did Hicks replace Nick Vigil? I'm trying to remember if he was I don't think he was on the team last year, right? He came no, over he was.
2: Yeah, he okay. came over and then the other ones that you mentioned. Well, again, I mean they did they changed the whole defense, the whole scheme this year. So that was concerning because what's that gonna look like? And also Daniil Hunter after the last two years he missed an entire season, and then he missed the majority of a season. It, what was he going to be like? And Zadarius coming off a major injury with the Packers as well, didn't really know what to expect from any of those guys. So despite the yards that they've been giving up and um, the points, it, it, those guys, I guess at least, I mean, Daniil's been great. They ha- He hasn't had the sacks that he's normally had, and Zadarius started out with with way more sacks, and it's cooled off. I think hopefully they're going to get back to that, running the blitz more often. Um, They played a lot more man coverage last week against the Colts than they have by far. So I hope that they're going to start getting back to that stuff. But yeah, those guys have made, made a huge difference for sure.
1: Yeah, totally. There, I kind and is
2: not who else we talked we're talking about but <laughs> um yeah i, I didn't and i didn't think that those were not not to disrespect any of those guys but that was another reason i didn't really see the vikings um getting further than a wild card and maybe maybe a first round game because i didn't think they made enough upgrades that it was it was gonna make a big of enough difference but i was wrong about that too and i love being wrong about the vikings
1: so real quick, I keep seeing some, some puppy ears down. Yeah,
2: below. We have a, a needy Boston oh. Terrier here. So has cute. To, has to be in the center of attention. So I
0: love that.
1: Yeah. Love it. Um, but so you have a lot of, obviously, you know, some reoccurring pieces, but one of the newest pieces of your team is Kevin O'Connell, um, this rookie uh, head coach who obviously the Giants are also, um, have with Brian Dables the two rookie head coaches going up against each other Um, but coming in you know you guys got 11 wins and you know it's it's very impressive with somebody coming in that quickly and and performing that well so how happy are you with Kevin O'Connell and what are you expecting from him for the rest of the season?
2: Well, just on the record, I de- I wanted Dable to be the Vikings coach. I really, I was out there campaigning for it like every day. That's who I wanted, just because of the improvements that we saw in Josh Allen because of him, and I yeah. really wanted them to go that route. But it ended up working out with Kevin O'Connell so far. Obviously, uh, he just—I mean, when they let go, they decided to go a new direction in the off-season. Something that they just kept preaching was culture collaborations. There was like five C's. They're escaping me right now. And um, honestly, a lot. Mike Zimmer got a ton of blame for a lot of things that maybe necessarily weren't completely fair, but a huge issue was that it just wasn't a good locker room mental health wise for a lot of people. There was um, just a lot of cold shoulders and a bad environment and, I think we can all relate to that in our own personal, personal employments. If you're working somewhere where you're not happy, it carries on and it's contagious. And this, you know, for them, it's their job. So I can see how that was happening. So to have not only a switch from a defensive head coach to an offensive head coach, but somebody who is 30 years younger and can actually relate to these guys on a different level. I mean, he's only like a few years older than a lot of them, you know, and it just, I think it's easier for him to communicate. Plus he just has a different attitude and you can tell that they want to play hard for him. And in winning these extremely close games down to the wire, I think they've found the confidence that they can win them. And that's just another one of those intangible things. They know their coach believes in them. And they believe in each other. As a result of that, so it's
0: a good answer. Uh, we actually have an off the cusp question here from Henry, who we all know as Hank, our third co-host who couldn't be here tonight. He asked you this question. Uh, Hi, Sally. Quick question: Which team in the NFC scares you the most?
2: Um, I don't think I can pick just one. I, I guess I'm going to say, if I have to pick one, it's going to be Philadelphia. Yeah. there is obviously all of the reasons that we know Jalen Hurts and how um talented he is and how hard that that offense is to cover it also the Vikings got blown out by them uh, in week 2 but really at the core of it it's just that the thought of playing in Philadelphia makes me physically ill yes uh, we, we had our <laughs> NFC championship game there and 2017 and it was just brutal um i think we all have ptsd from them uh, physically assaulting us <laughs> and throwing poop at us and everything else so <laughs> i don't know if anyone can take that so we're used uh, to it. they're ruthless we're oh they're terrible they're terrible they were throwing like 24 ounce frozen beers at our head and stuff <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: my God.
2: It was so messed up. I'm
0: guessing you were at that game then.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was It was terrible. So yeah. them – but, I mean, also Dallas blew the Vikings out as well uh, much more recently. And San Francisco has a really solid defense. And um, when it comes to playing the Vikings defense, everyone's like, oh, Brock Purdy, who cares? It doesn't matter. The Vikings can make him look like, you know, Joe Montana with that <laughs> defense. They right. made Mike White look amazing. They made Mac Jones look like Tom Brady. Um, it's the uh, – yeah. So I'm nervous of all three of those. <laughs>
0: and I'll be the first to tell you, Sally, I'm a big Harrison Smith fan because I'm a mm-hmm. big Notre Dame fan. And okay. him and Patrick Peterson, you know, patrolling that secondary. They're aging veterans, but they're still playing at a relatively high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but second – building off your point, second worst team in passing yards a- allowed – What's gone wrong back there? do you think it's the injuries to booth and scene or 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 is there is there more to it? Is there a coaching problem? What exactly do you think it is?
2: I wouldn't necessarily blame it on the injuries on those guys because they weren't acclimated into the defense in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean Patrick Peterson has been down for several years. This is the best uh season that he's had in a long time. Earlier this season was actually his first pick as of, or he, he didn't have any picks last year and this year was his first one to start off. I think he has three now, I want to say. So I, I think, yeah, it has a lot to do with age, but it's also in the secondary, there's Cam Dansler, who, while he's been in the league a little bit, he doesn't have a lot of consistency and not playing injured. Um, there's Duke Shelley who was started out in the practice squad. So he's brand new and I just don't think it's fair for Harrison Smith to, I mean, Harrison Smith can't do it all, right? So I, I, the, what's important is, despite the stats of them, I think they were last in the league on um, points allowed. When it comes down to it, when the game's on the line, they figure it out. And they've had many games that have ended on a pick, Two from Patrick Peterson, um, the Cardinals game. And was it Thanksgiving against the Patriots? Um, ended on a pick. Mm-hmm. so they somehow find a way to get it together in the last two minutes. Maybe, I don't know what it is.
0: Quick comment here before we get to Sam's next question. Completely agree. Harry Styles is the guy.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Like that was supposed to be an insult. <laughs> you guys know about that, right?
0: Uh, O'Connell. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, but a little who said bit.
2: it? Oh, I don't know.
0: I don't know where it originated One of from. your
2: coaches said it at the podium.
0: Oh, one of our coaches said it? Well, we do have Andre Patterson, but I don't think he was there while
2: – Gabe, oh, hit uh, us up and tell us who said that.
0: By the way, we love Andre Patterson. Just a heads up.
2: Oh, yeah. He's, he's
1: – Oh, Martindale. Wink. Wink. Martindale. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not
0: surprised.
2: So he said that he's just a blue collar guy, and he's playing against Harry
0: Styles.
2: (laughs) So basically, like I I don't know. Yeah, you got to find it because it's really funny, and he has like a big stain on his shirt, and it's like, bro, no one, no one doubted it. (laughs) It's okay, like. (laughs) Oh oh, man, I wish I knew where it was, but. I forgot what was the question. Did he ask a
0: question? Uh, Sam, I think we're up to you now. Okay, all right. Harry Styles, Uh,
2: yeah. Harry Styles is the man. Um,
1: I know you you mentioned before earlier about wondering about the Giants' pass rush. Um, They're pretty good, and uh, our run defense is not as great. But if you had to pick um, a key to the game for the Vikings to execute in order for them to come out on top in this game against the Giants, what did you? What would you think that would be?
2: Well, let's see. It it's it's going to come down to the wire no matter what. It 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 definitely is. So, I don't know if there I, I think it's going to have a lot to do with uh, with Daniel Jones and how he how he plays. I know he hasn't had the best. I know he's a polarizing figure in you guys' world um, as always has been Kirk Cousins. So, I think it depends what kind of success he can find. Um I know you said the run defense is better and so, I think it's important for Dalvin Cook to be able to get off to a good start so we can open up some other things and just not to be cliche, but whoever makes the least amount of mistakes, really, because I think that both of these teams are so close to being they could flip either way, right? like the Vikings are so close to being you know two and nine instead of eleven and nine right. so' we'll, we'll see but i I think also sorry, I wanted to mention this. Another big thing is that at this point, yes, the Vikings could move up to the two seed, but they're pretty much stuck at a three. I can see after the emotional win that they had last week and being that their seeding can't change that much, that they might get a little complacent after that whirlwind, whereas the Giants still have a lot to play for. And so they know that, that they're running out of time to get into the playoffs and that they need help from other teams. And so being in control of your own destiny is a huge motivator. So I think that very well could determine the pace of the game, really. At least it should, it should, yeah. <laughs> but they don't really? always do that.
0: I think for me also, we're both just for the record. I know you mentioned Daniel Jones, both of us are pro Daniel Jones. Okay, Um, You know, Lowest interception rate in the NFL this year. We're definitely um, clinging to that. But my key to the game, Sam, Mm -hmm. is pressuring Kirk Cousins because I want to get into our pass rush a little bit and how important it is because our secondary is atrocious. Um, But, you know, we lost our best corner returning a punt um, in Adoree Jackson. Xavier McKinney, our young star safety, got into an ATV incident on the bye week, so he's out. (laughs) What? Um, yeah. yeah. We have DoorDash corners, essentially. We have Fabian Moreau, who's bounced around the league, and uh Nick McLeod, who's a special teamer, who dropped an interception. Um we had, a, we had a linebacker say free me a few weeks ago, and he got waived recently. Um, nice. <laughs> so for me, it's pressuring Kirk Cousins. It all relies on Kayvon Thibodeau and Azizo Ojolari against Christian Darasaw and Brian O'Neill. Those are matchups that I'll be watching. Darasaw is the second-rated lineman in PFF in the entire NFL. O'Neill is sixth. That's how good these men are. Um, if the Colts can get seven sacks, though, can the Giants <laughs> – get their way to Captain Kirk, that's what I want to know because Thibodeau has, what, Sam, three sacks, but he should have more. We should have more. He's gotten close so many times. I mean, Sally, I'm sure if you watched Sunday Night Football game, Mm -hmm. you saw Kayvon Thibodeau play.
2: Oh, for sure. He's
0: a beast. And Aziz Ojalari, strip sack Mm -hmm. master. I mean, those two guys need to get – To the pass rusher, I think Dexter Lawrence, too, who's having an all pro type of year who um, Dexter Lawrence got to play next to Dalvin Tomlinson for two seasons when Tomlinson was a giant. I think he learned a lot from Dalvin, Sam, and I think that has helped him. Um, He has the best pass rushing grade out of any defensive tackle in the NFL, nose tackle specifically, I should say. So that's my key to the game.
1: I would say that my key is has to do with the opposite, almost the opposite is like making sure that secondary gets good enough to cover Justin Jefferson because he is probably one of the scariest people on that team and he's going to run all over us if we don't contain him.
2: Yeah, I agree with both. <laughs> the pass rush will be very important yeah. for sure.
0: That's that's a good point
2: to, to making sure Justin can't even get open. Yeah, really, it's going to be. Yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's always interesting, regardless.
0: Also, random question. South Spice, where did that originate from, that, that name?
2: Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's like it's like It's been around for a really long time. But it started um, when I was like in fifth grade. Okay. Is it a Spice Girls reference? Growth. It, originally, it was, yes. And it's just evolved over time. I was months. looking at it the whole segment,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, I'm wondering, should I say something now? Should I wait? I'm like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. I wish there was a better story. But, yeah, it's it's just stuck, you know,
0: Like it. I, I like it though. Um, Gabe says KJ Osborne on bubble screens is a new little wrinkle that I love. Also, Sally, do you think Thielen is losing a step? Hmm.
2: Yeah. KJ really stepped up and he had big games last year where he stepped up for a play here and there. Like I know when they played Carolina, he got a, a game winning touchdown in overtime that happened a few other times, but this last week, um, was new for him being that involved in the offense, and those are the opportunities he's going to get with Justin Jefferson being covered. So, um, very happy for him there. As far as Thielen goes, yeah, I've I've kind of felt like that um, for the last two years, but it's hard for me to say if that's not necessarily him and his skill level, or is that that Justin Jefferson is just getting so much attention all the time. I'm not smart enough to know the difference. So we'll yeah. see. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season um, because I, he's going to, there's going to be contract decisions with him. So we'll know more soon.
0: He has scored three touchdowns in the last four games. Yes. There is that, um, you know, Gabe used to joke around with us in the past that Kirk cousins had feeling vision, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now that's changed a little bit, but
2: well, yeah. And that goes to, I think now he just had Cousins has more flexibility to change the plays. I mean, he just came out and said he wasn't even allowed to call timeouts in the first three years that he played. for the oh, Wow. He didn't even have that much flexibility. So, yeah, when I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't a, isn't the kind of guy he's not a Tom Brady. He's not an Aaron Rodgers as far as personality goes, where he's going to say I'm taking at least previous to now. I'm taking control of this team. I know how we're going to win and I'm going to do it. Now he has the confidence and a coach that lets him do stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, he did have theo and vision for sure.
1: <laughs> and wear chains on the airplane. Yeah. I'm shirtless. Who
2: knew? Who is this guy?
0: <laughs> that was Who funny. Is?
2: That was hilarious. <laughs> I,
0: I can't see Daniel Jones doing that like no. ever. No way.
2: <laughs> Listen, Daniel. I would have bet my life that Kirk Cousins would never be anywhere close to I, that was another thing true. at the beginning Maybe. of the season I'm like okay it feels really weird to be like four and one but yeah. what feels more strange is that I think I kind of like Kirk Cousins yeah. as a person
0: yeah my favorite thing with him is you what? like that I mean you cause like that granted he played for Washington so we used to play him two times a year for sure yeah right time. So we are familiar with him to an extent. But, Mm -hmm. Sally, just one or two more questions here before we let you go. A couple players to watch for the Vikings, maybe one on each side of the ball, and then maybe one for the Giants that um, people should keep an eye on this Saturday.
2: Okay, well, I mean, I feel like the offense is so Mm self-explanatory. I I, I don't – gosh, I don't want to be – so cliche and say Justin Jefferson but because of the reasons you guys just mentioned,
0: yeah,
2: if he doesn't have a big, a huge game, there's a problem. And he's at over 200 yards um the last two weeks, right? So mm-hmm. it, it, maybe he can get 300. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Um Defense, I think Duke Shelley, who has been um, mm. rotating in and out, he has had some big flash plays from being a guy that nobody knew who he was to he's had a couple interceptions, he's batted down some balls at some key moments. So I'm looking I, something I've enjoyed the last few weeks is just continuing to watch his game evolve and go from being a practice squad guy to a starter or this week a rotational guy. I'm not necessarily sure who's going to get the start there, him or Cam Danzler. Let's see um and again this is gonna be cliche but uh how do you go against Thibodeau and what how many sacks he could possibly
1: have <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah no he's a beast and and he showed it in prime time too so like people are now really paying attention to him um, oh yeah
2: and his personality are you kidding me like oh uh, yeah what a character
1: <laughs> we love him we love oh, having yeah. him on our team uh it how can you not it's, it's it's yeah he's a blessing to us um couple players that um i would i would say justin jefferson but i'll I'll lead in a different direction as well and i'll say dalvin cook um just because of the fact that our run defense is not the best so you know dalvin cook's gonna probably be running all over us if we don't keep him contained and uh on the giant side of the ball i'll say daniel jones he's he's been some incredible human being recently and and we've been seeing him play left and right for this contract and and doing everything he can so I'm I'm going to be interested to see how how well he can against a vulnerable Vikings defense. Tom?
0: Yeah. Um, For me, I'll start with the Giants. I like Isaiah Hodgins a lot, very under-the-radar receiver, who was with Dable in Buffalo. Giants have claimed him off waivers, and in the past five weeks, he has two touchdowns. So I'm really excited about him. Um, I also think Dexter Lawrence as well, you know, six and a half sacks, 53 pressures from the nose tackle position is unheard of. Um, First time pro bowler. Then for Minnesota, I think um, I I was going to say Dallin Cook, but since Sam took him, I also like the combo edge rushers, Adarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, kind of opposite of what we talked about for the Giants because Evan Neal's a rookie. I don't know if he's ready to take on that task. Um, Jones wasn't sacked last week, but they got the ball out quick. Um, That's why his yards were so limited, partially. And then Zedarius Smith, third Pro Bowl appearance, 10 sacks. That concerns me a lot. He has a really good first step, and I think he could cause some problems for Andrew Thomas and obviously going to throw some love for Harrison Smith. I mean, there's so many guys in the Vikings we could talk about. So I, Eric Hendricks, too. We haven't mentioned him once.
2: Oh, Eric Kendricks is my favorite player. Yeah, he just he does it all. And wherever he needs to be, he just all the he's just there. It, uh, it's great. He's so dynamic. And yeah, yeah. I don't even know what else I can say about him. He's, he's the best.
0: Yeah, he's it really doesn't always followed.
2: show on the stats sheet with him, but he is always involved.
0: Gabe has a key to the game keep Ed Ingram's feet away from Kirk Cousins.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, that is that is a uh, big thing. What has he tripped him twice, Gabe? It has... Yeah. It was even twice in one game, I think the Washington game, maybe? Yes. wasn't great. <laughs> wasn't uh, great. That's pretty funny.
1: And of course,
0: we're cheap. throwing Saquon in there. That's one other guy I forgot. Six best rushing offense in the NFL. I know mm-hmm. the Vikings... I would say they're pretty decent on run defense. Um, better. Right, Sally? better, better, better than better than
2: uh, yes, better than elsewhere.
0: <laughs> but um, before we let you go, do we want to predict this game here? Um, I, I don't want to give anything away, but um, Gabe, if you want to throw in a prediction as well, you're more than welcome. One of our viewers threw in a comment before Tudo. What did he say? Tuto's a Giants fan, so obviously he went 23-17 Giants. Don't read the last part. I don't know why he said that. but um,
2: I mean, that's a new one.
0: Yeah.
1: I've never yeah. heard Minions before now.
2: <laughs> Me neither, but Minions are that, cute, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I used to have one on my keychain, but not anymore. Um, <laughs> Sally, who do you got in this game? And, score prediction too, if you'd like.
2: Yeah. So I'm thinking it's going to be very close, as I said, again, and um, I'm thinking around like a 34 to 31 ish. Um, Very close. I think it's going to be a field goal or a couple points. I I don't think that the four, is it still four points today? The spread? I think so. I
1: checked it today.
2: I don't, I I think it's going to be less than the spread. Just that's what I'm conditioned for at this point. And I think I really do think that it's going to come into play that the Giants really need this win and the Vikings. It's not going to make that big of a difference. Unfortunately, that's how I feel, but hopefully they'll keep the the gas pedal on
0: the gas. Excuse me. Awesome. Sam, who do you got?
1: I am thinking, like uh, Sally said, I, I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, very close in score. Uh, I think it's going to come down to a field goal as well. But I think Minnesota is going to come out with a win here. Um, they did surprise me last week. I picked Washington last week, and, and the Viking, uh sorry, the the Giants surprised me. So maybe they'll do it again this week. But um, I think that they're going to get tied at 24 for a lot of, like, the fourth quarter. And then it's going to come down to a field goal, and it'll be 27-24 Vikings.
2: I do think, too, the Vikings are going to keep experimenting with defense like they did this past week. And so that's another reason that I think the game may – not that the past defense they've been doing prior to last week were great by any means. But I think there's going to be a lot different – we're going to see a lot more rotations also to give those guys – Maybe a little bit of a break, too, since this isn't a game they absolutely have to win. But Ed Donatel has been, I mean, like I said last time, they blitzed more than they have this entire season by far. They've been playing with man coverage a lot this past past week they did. So there might not be a ton of consistency at defense either. I think they're trying to figure out what's going to work for them in the playoffs. And this might be a game where they're going to experiment quite a bit.
0: I could definitely see that happening i 'm um, going to go with the four point spread. I think the Vikings are going to win twenty four to twenty um, as much as I want to pick the Giants. You have to be realistic here. The Vikings are the better football team right now. Uh, Dalvin Cook is going to run all over this defense, um, even with Landon Collins back on the active roster. I just don't know how the Giants were able to hang in there. Plus, the Giants historically do not play well in Minnesota. It's been since 2004 since the Giants have won Minnesota. And, yes, 2010 doesn't count as we discussed before when the Metro Dome had that snowstorm issue. Uh, we had to play that game in Detroit. So, Who won in
2: 2019?
0: Minnesota did.
2: Was that? Oh, that was in Bad
0: New York,
2: though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, you've always got the NFC Championship game in the year two thousand. Two
0: thousand. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Never forget.
0: They just interviewed Kerry Collins about that this week on the Giants YouTube channel. I'm like, been so long ago. Um,
2: yeah, it it was a day. It was a day. Forty-one nothing.
0: Gabe says twenty-four twenty-three Vikings question mark Greg Joseph or Gano will win it.
2: Well, Greg Joseph is. Very long overdue for potentially blowing a game. I think this is the fourth week in a row that he has gotten all of his extra points. So, Gabe, that gives me some hope. It was very ugly to start the season with extra points. And somehow, they still kept pulling off these these wins and tying it and getting into overtime. Even though I know there was one game where Ooh. Greg Joseph missed three extra points. So yeah it it's bound to happen I guess you'd like to see him ruin it now and not later, but <laughs> I don't think it'll be this week.
0: We have one more prediction obviously I just went twenty four twenty Vikings our third co-host who was disappointed he could not be here tonight decided to film this for us and we'll play it. hopefully the sound works here we go <laughs>
3: How's it going, guys? Hank here on my way to MSG, so apologies for not being able to make this live stream, but let's talk a little bit about my prediction for this week's game against the Minnesota Vikings. I wouldn't say that an upset is necessarily out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we've seen some crazy wins from the Giants all season long, and you know, you look at what happened with Washington, you definitely have to feel slightly more confident. However, My concerns are simply this. Number one, the Giants do not have a top-tier wide receiver to counter with what Minnesota has in Justin Jefferson. Number two, we also are without a true number-one corner because it doesn't look like Adoree Jackson will be playing this week in Minnesota. So... Unfortunately, I do not see a win, but I think the Giants can probably make it a close one. I'm going to say Minnesota wins by a final score of 22-17. to 17. So that's my prediction for you guys. Tom, Sam, I hope you're all doing well, and I will be back next week.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Hank.
0: There you have it. Hank's our little historian He likes to give in fun facts for us, but he was the one that told us about that 2004 thing. But um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, so clean sweep for Minnesota? Oh,
1: yeah. boy. Yeah.
0: It <laughs> yeah. Like On a giant show, clean sweep for Minnesota. I want to say, Sally, before we go, could this be a potential rematch in three weeks from now in the wild card round?
2: Mm-hmm. I guess it could. I guess it could and um I would welcome that. I would welcome that over the other options for sure. <laughs> no offense. But I don't want to play Detroit again. Really? No. Not.
0: Yeah. I mean so. it, Yeah. The, the divisional games are always a crapshoot.
2: For sure. And I just I love Detroit. I know that's that's wrong. You're not supposed to love your divisional foes, but I love their team. I mean, Dan Campbell, they just have so much emotion. I'm probably biased from hard knocks, obviously, but (laughs) I I really like where they're going, and I've always just loved them. You know, they're like, they've just never had any success. So you can't hate them. And um, I don't know. I just, I don't want to lose to them or play them at all. So Giants, hopefully. Right. Although who would be the lowest (laughs) seed?
0: Seven. Uh I think we lost we lost Tom there
1: for a second. Am I back? Yeah, you just got laggy.
0: Okay, sorry. Yeah, there's a storm coming in here uh soon, but yeah, I soon. think Detroit is 7, but if so if San Francisco leapfrogs the Vikings, which is possible, mm-hmm. be a 3-6 Giants Vikings matchup.
2: Right. Okay, got it.
0: So that's how that would work. I, I don't think a two to seven is likely unless we lose two out of three, which if the Eagles bench all their starters week 18, I think we probably beat them.
2: Right. So, and they probably will. I mean, right. probably, at least with hurts in his, the situation he's in
0: possibly not playing. Yeah. Right. but We will see Sam, anything okay. you want to add here before we let Sally go tonight?
1: No, but you were a great guest. Thank you so much for oh, coming on, you. especially at the last minute. Uh,
2: Thank You've you. I wish I wish I prepped. I was really just uh no you ad- were great. it there, but thank you. It's really fun.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Sally. Um, yeah. make sure to go check out her show, the Believe In Viking show, and her other podcast as well. Uh, Sports in the City. Is that correct?
2: Sports and the City. But you can Sports just, it's all in the city. my bio on my bio, so it's easy. Easier.
0: We'll definitely but, we'll post the okay. link. Yeah, we'll post the link to it in for the YouTube sure. Video,
2: Bye, Gabe. Nice to meet you too. Skull <laughs> Sally.
0: <laughs> okay, guys. Well, good luck uh
2: Saturday. Wow, and Merry Christmas. Yes, <laughs>
0: Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. Bye. All Talk right, to you soon. take care. Bye. Bye. All right, that was Sally uh, from the Believe in Vikings show. Sam, what a great guest. Uh, yeah. That's great. uh, Apologies, you couldn't be on with us. Um, But, you know, it's kind of like when Gabe got the flu three years ago, (laughs) I met him at a bar on New Year's Eve and was not expecting to meet him.
1: I love this. And now I've
0: known Gabe for three years. So now I guess Gabe getting sick again led us to meeting Sally. As as, as shitty as that sounds, like
1: Gabe's immune system is like a fate. Gabe's immune system makes things happen.
0: Is it? Yeah. Well, Gabe and Satin, next time, if the Giants play the Vikings in the playoffs, we have to get both Gabe and Sally on here together, potentially, to talk about the playoff matchup. We might have a, a packed house if the Giants play the Vikings. But, um, hey, I wasn't right. Technically, Tuto did pick the Giants.
1: Yeah. All right. We got, Tuto, we got one Giant in there.
0: Yeah. We got one Giants. But um, – Sam, any final thoughts here before we sign off for the night? I know we're about to catch some Thursday night football jaguars jets, so
1: yeah, I'm forward no to that um nope, just that uh I'm excited for a weekend filled with football on the holiday weekend um a little a little nervous for um for this game upcoming, but I think that we're gonna put our all into it, yeah. and um yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday this weekend and um enjoy some time off, hopefully.
0: Absolutely. Um, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Obviously, we'll be back next week before the new year starts. But, um, yeah, on that note, appreciate you all for watching us. If you want to watch our extended interview or our exclusive interview with Sally, it will be up on our YouTube channel. Where we will share the link on our Twitter and Instagram as well, at Big Blue Avenue. Appreciate all the support, everybody. We'll be back next week. And without further ado, let's go. Big Blue.